today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by, you know what? It's actually sponsored by one of our favorite friends of the show, our boy Andy Laird. He is a huge fan of 49ers, 49er faithful, die hard, as faithful as they come, and he truly is one of the reasons the Goldcast Nation is a nation. He's coming all the way from the UK. He put together a special NFC Championship message that he sent to us and we loved. So we're going to air it for you right now. And today's episode is sponsored by Andy Laird, Goldcast, diehard Goldcast, friend of the cast. We like to think of all of you as friends of the cast, not necessarily fans of the cast, you're friends of the cast. And then... He is definitely a diehard 49er faithful. Here we go. Andy Laird from the UK. Thank you so much. Here's his message. Hi, Rudy. Hi, Ray. Andy Laird here, chiming in from the United Kingdom. Just thought I'd send you this message ahead of this Sunday's NFC Championship game. It's been quite a journey for our beautiful San Francisco 49ers since our last appearance in this game back in 2014. And I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you both for all your hard work and effort for producing the GoCast podcast for us week in, week out. I'm sure I'm speaking on behalf of the rest of the GoCast nation in saying how much we enjoy the show. Shout out to Candlestick Wheel, Johnny Dales, Louis B, and of course, the third unofficial member of the GoCast, Rudy Solis Jr., for all your efforts. My prediction for this game on Sunday is a win of 27-24 to our 49ers. I think we've got way too much for the Green Bay Packers, both on offense and defense and special teams. But as with the Niners, it's going to be a nail-biter. I hope I'm right. I'm sure I'm right. I was faithful then, and I'm faithful now. Let's go. Speak soon. Bye. All right, and we're back. Raymond, what did you think about that message? I thought it was fantastic and the perfect way to start the show on a pivotal week of 49ers football. Oh my God. There's so much to talk about. I don't even know where to begin, but there's so much. But before we get started, Raymond, why don't you let them know where they can find us? You can, as always, like us on facebook.com slash the gold cast. And you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore gold cast. And be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of The Gold Cast. Like, subscribe, and comment, because we like to hear from you, and you like to get notifications as to when our episodes go live, especially this week, given all of the amazing or the single greatest ramification that you can get from winning a football contest in week, what, 18? This is actually the 20th week. 20th week. Week 20. Week 20 in the NFL. Week 20. Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis and Instagram at Ray Solis 1. And you can find me on Instagram at Rudy Solis 3 and Twitter at Rudy Solis 3RD. All right, folks. The 16th appearance of the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship is upon us. No team in NFC history has been to more NFC Championships 
than the San Francisco 49ers because in every era, we're always one game away from the Super Bowl. All right, here we go. The greatest fanalist in the game. He is here. NFC Championship ready. The professor of fanalism. He's in the building too. NFC Championship ready. Championship Sunday's on the way. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice from the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! Oh man, Ray. All right. We are there here. So much. We're here. Ray, we're here. Hey, two games left. Two games left to win, and the quest for six is done. The journey that began in 2011 with Coach Harbaugh, with Coach Harbaugh and Jed York and Trent Baalke, God rest two of their souls, props to Jed York, once again got us two winning teams in the same decade. You're the man. Jed York, hashtag Jed York Defender since day one. Anyways, back to this. So, we... (laughs) (laughs) We are two games away. The divisional round is my favorite round of football. But this is the round that haunts my dreams. This is the round that keeps me up all night the day before. This is the round I've been going back and forth all week, thinking about all the different possibilities. This is our fourth appearance in the last 10 years in the NFC Championship. We have an opportunity to go to our second bowl, Super Bowl, in 10 years this weekend. This is the game. 16 appearances, nine losses. This is not, well, this will be our 16th, I guess. 15 appearances, nine losses. This is the 16th appearance. This is not an easy game for us. This is the hardest game for the 49ers to overcome. If there is one game that haunts the 49ers, it is the NFC Championship. And the storylines going into this game are tremendous. Kyle Shanahan, first time in the NFC Championship as the head coach. First win as a head coach last week. Jimmy Garoppolo, first win as a quarterback. This is far from a rookie team. You have the newcomers like Nick Bosa and Kittle. Congratulations to Bosa, by the way. Holy crap, did you see all that? Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, rookie of the year. And Defensive Player of the Year. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Oh, I'm sorry. Defensive Rookie of the Year. You're right. Defensive Rookie of the Year. You're right. Defensive Rookie of the Year. My bad. My bad. Uh, So crazy. Congrats to him. But back back to the storylines. But you have vets from all over the face. Vets that have been in AFC Championships. D Ford, Emmanuel Sanders. Super Bowls. Emmanuel Sanders, Richard Sherman. Joe Staley. Jimmy G's been there on the sideline. Kyle Shanahan's coach as the offensive coordinator. Robert Sala as a, as a, as another coach for the Seahawks. These are everyone's been here before, but not with the entire game thrust into their hands the way they are now. At least the main guys, our coaches, our quarterback. You have Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Matt Lafleur obviously was an assistant with Kyle Shanahan's familiar with his scheme. Plays a similar scheme. Green Bay finally gives Aaron Rodgers the defense that he has needed since winning the Super Bowl. When he won the Super Bowl, his defense was top five every year since. It's been in the bottom 20 
uh, like 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 high twenties, teens, twenties, even beyond. And that's why he has never gone back. He's never had a defense. Finally, he has a defense again. This might be Aaron Rodgers' last stand. I've been thinking about this all week. This is p- quite possibly Raymond the biggest and best opportunity Aaron Rodgers has to get back to the Super Bowl because the young bucks, the young NFL is here and the old guard we've watched them one by one fall apart over the last several years and especially this year. Breeze and Brady, I'm looking at you. We see the old guard falling to the wayside and the new generation of of quarterbacks and of teams is right behind him, nipping on his heels, and he doesn't have the speed that he used to have. But this, I believe, is truly Aaron Rodgers, possibly. I, I really do think it's his last stand. I'm serious. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I don't think they're going to be in the NFC Championship next next year. I don't think they're going to go 13 and three next year. I don't. I don't think so. This, I truly believe, is Aaron Rodgers' best shot to go to the Super Bowl. And standing in front of him is the 49ers and. The good hardball teams and this team have always defeated Aaron Rodgers. We have haunted his nightmares. He has never been able to to defeat a winning record 49ers this in the last 10 years. That has not happened. And now we have Jimmy G versus Aaron Rodgers. We have a pretty good defense over there. Lots of weapons. I think we're going to get full on Aaron Rodgers. And now we have young Jimmy G and this scrappy, Super tough, the, in my opinion, the most complete team in football going head-to-head in prime time, NFC Championship Sunday, Sunday night, bright lights, big city. Here we go. Uh, I just want to get into some, I know I've been talking a lot, but I want to get into just a couple numbers, and then I want to toss this off to you. Let's look at the numbers, Raymond. So right now, they're going to, the the Vegas Vegas has San Francisco at seven and a half point favorites with the over-under set at 45. The total has actually hit the under in the last seven games for Green Bay. Green Bay has been six and one against the spread. That's important. San Francisco's five and two against the spread in the last seven games. This is going to be the matchup. I mean, I don't I don't think it gets any better than Aaron Rodgers versus Jimmy G. 49ers versus the Packers. This is a, a storied rivalry dating back to the 90s. And Green Bay defeated Seattle Seahawks 28-25 to get here. San Francisco defeats Minnesota Vikings 27-10. And here we are. These two teams faced earlier, Raymond, in the season. And it was a thumping in favor of the 49ers. 37-8. Green Bay has not lost a game since. Kyle Shanahan says... That game was irrelevant, and it doesn't matter now that any of these teams can lose at this point. So, Raymond, now I hand off the mic to you. This is an epic, epic game of epic proportions. The floor is yours. Well, health is the first thing we're going to look at, and both of these teams are actually really healthy. Brian Balaga, who missed the first game in Week 12, he took some veteran rest this week, but you know he was limited yesterday. He's a full go Thursday at the time of this recording. Jimmy Graham got veteran rest. Um, who cares? 
Ryan Grant <laughs> <laughs> didn't participate, but Gut was a full participant today. He got uh, personal reasons why he didn't participate earlier, or his injury is listed as that. Alan Lazard was limited with an ankle. He'll most likely play. Blake Martinez had a hand injury. He's a full go. Preston Smith, he was limited with an ankle. I think he will most like he will most likely play. Billy Turner, which is a guard, he was ankle full go today. Danny Vitel was dealing with a knee, the fullback. He was limited this week, been limited yesterday and today. And Tremont Williams was getting better in rest, but was limited the past two days. And with the Niners, it's a much, much shorter list. Quan Alexander, you know, we're going through precautionary protocol with him. So he's been limited the last two games, but he will play on Sunday. Tevin Coleman, we know he had that elbow hyperextension against the Vikings. He was a full participant the past two games. D4 has been dealing with quadricep and hamstring pretty much all season long, more so in the latter half. But he took a break yesterday, was limited today. George Kittle was dealing with the ankle, which his ankle's been bothering him all season, but you wouldn't guess it based on the fact that he's just a freak and plays 110%, even if his both of his arms were dislocated. He was a full participant today. And Raheem Mostert with the calf injury, he was a full go yesterday and today. And that is it. But speaking of health, there was something interesting that I found, or didn't find, but recalled about the Week 12 matchup against us. Which, by the way, was was fairly close was when was within was a two possession game by the time the third quarter came around and i'll get back to that but some players that didn't play in that game so brian balaga for the packers didn't play in that game and i believe Devonte adams was not 100 percent in blink you think he had the flu or illness or something you know he didn't have his best game that day I mean, he was also going up against the number one pass defense in the NFL. Maybe that had something to do with it. I mean, what the hell do I know? I'm just reading the facts. And, but on our side, we didn't have the Golden Foot and Robbie Gold. We had Chase McLaughlin, who was very serviceable in that game. He made, he was, made all three of his field goals. But nonetheless, you still want your starter, your your number one kicker, because he probably would have been the difference maker against Baltimore. So, alas, Robbie Gold did not participate. And Matt Breida also did not participate. Joe Staley did not participate. In fact, Justin School took his position, and once he gave up a couple sacks on the edge, one of them to Cesaria Smith, their big pass rushing weapon, that got snubbed out of this year's Pro Bowl, in my estimation, they moved him out and put Daniel Brunskill in his place. And that alleviated all of the pressure that Green Bay was initially getting on Jimmy Garoppolo. So no Joe Staley, no Robbie Gold, no Matt Breida. On the defensive side, no D Ford, no Quan Alexander, although the pass rush was still excellent, five sacks. But to be fair, in that contest, as far as sacks are concerned, is what that's what I'm getting to is you know we also had more rotation players that were healthy during that game and when you have that you know I think it I think it took a lot of pressure off of our group 
you know, Demontre Moore played in that game. Sheldon Day's still been playing, but Julian Taylor played in that game. DJ Jones played in that game. All those guys are gone. All three of the guys I mentioned, with the exception of Sheldon Day, are all gone. So there was still a strong rotational presence in the defense that was allowing our guys to stay fresh and healthy. All those guys were gone in the latter half, in addition to D Ford. And that's really what contributed to the lack of sack production on our four-man front. The four horsemen, the gold rush. So that's a big difference. We're still missing that rotational group, but we have D Ford back who really kind of makes up for that missing rotation group. But, but by the way, Solomon Thomas has been terrific in, in that stead. And Sheldon Dace played really good too. He played great against the Vikings. He's, he's, he's really stepped up. So we're going to have all those guys back. We're going to have a healthy Joe Staley. We're going to have a healthy Matt Breida. We're going to have a healthy D Ford and a healthy Quan Alexander. That to me just makes things way more difficult for Green Bay. I argue more difficult than it was against week 12 because after the 37-8 thumping, especially it really got away from them in, in the third and fourth quarter of that game. Green Bay still had a chance up to up to the the beginning of the second half when they had the lone touchdown run. That was really assisted by penalties more than anything. But they beat the New York Giants 31 to 13, then they beat the Redskins 20 to 15, see a pattern developing. Then they beat the Bears, the Vikings and Detroit. All three of those are division games, so I will give some leniency to that. But with the exception of the Vikings and the Bears were eight and eight, you know, the Bears were kind of up and down. They, they they had a good defense, but didn't just really didn't have a lot of production out of or enough. I shouldn't say a lot. I should say they didn't have enough consistent production from Mitchell Trubisky, and Allen Robinson was the only reliable guy on that receiving core. And so, and I would know because he was on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't watch the Bears that's the only reason why I know that but the the point is they won five games straight six if you count the playoffs against you know out, uh, two of those games were against above 500 teams and three division games is not is not it's not something to scoff at it's not something to dismiss I don't want to be I don't want to be you know I don't want to be underestimate that because that means something. Division games are tough for every division. Every division game that we played this year was very difficult, you know, for for majority of the game, with the exception of the first Rams matchup, which was still a low-scoring game, at least by our standards, as far as, you know, convincingly beating an opponent. And, you know, both the games at Arizona were competitive, and both games for Seattle were competitive, went down to the wire. So I'm not going to dismiss the division games. But what I will do is say, look at here. This is what they won by. You know, 31 to 13 was the Giants game. That was the only game they topped 30 points. Then it was 20, 21, 23, 23. The Green Bay's very consistent at scoring in those low 20s. And to me... Well, it's funny you say that, if you don't mind me interrupting. Green Bay's averaging... Exactly what you said, 23.8 points per game, including the playoffs. That ranks them at number 13 in the NFL. San Francisco's averaging 29.8 points per game, including the playoffs. That's number two in the NFL. They've been they've been sitting there at number two the entire season. They have, and that, that number's actually down. They were, they were topping 30 points per game. And I think 
you know, I'm going to get to my final score prediction later in the show, but to me, they're, they won games, but if, if, if this is the production that they, they, this is not, and what, what I'm alluding to is that this production against these types of teams and these situations, even the Seattle game went down to one possession, but that kind of production is not going to be enough to beat this team. No, not certainly not a healthy version. It just isn't. It just is not. Now, I will give props to Aaron Jones because he led the NFL in rushing touchdowns. He was terrific. But this is not a, you know, a blazer of a running back. He's he's very good and he's he's been one of the most productive backs that Green Bay's had in a long time. Certainly enough to bring some counterbalance to the offense and really take some pressure off of Aaron Rodgers so he's not constantly having to be the the bad man that people like, you know, that people like to call him. But again, this just is not this the production they've put up in the last 6 game win streak is not enough to beat this current 49ers team at their current health. They're healthier than when they played them in week 12. That's the crazy part that we need to pay attention to, my friends. This team is healthier than the week 12 team. Zadaria Smith is going to go is going to have trouble against Joe Staley. Because Joe Staley's been back and he's in rhythm and he's playing in top form. And then you're gonna have, and I I think there's I don't know I don't know what what Green Bay has to do, it but it's it's certainly it certainly needs to be a hell of a lot more than what they've done. They here's the the deal: if you're a Green Bay fan, and you have to go to the cheese cast for that, the or the, or the Gruyere or any of their any of their subsidiary casts, they have a Cheddar cast, they have a Monterey Jack cast, and they have. <laughs> they, they have, they the Swiss cast. Yeah, the Swiss cast. They have a lot. They have a lot of uh, a cashew cheese cast. Yeah, cast. They have a, yeah, they have a they have a bunch of shows over there. Well, because they're not if, they're owned by the public, so the podcasts are owned by the public too. There's like a fifty podcasts. Exactly, and so so to me, they got to play their absolute greatest game of the year. That's all there is to it, and if and that's that's a tall order. That really is a tall order. For this so team me, again, against 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 the the gold rush. So let me add to that. Let me yes, Andrew. I completely agree with that. Here, here's what I've been hearing all week on the San Francisco side. Last week, all we hear is uh, the Vikings, the Vikings, the Vikings, the Vikings. I brought up at you know pundit after pundit, show after show, all in favor of a Vikings upset. They were just so ready to coronate the Vikings and they were just so ready for the pretenders that the San Francisco 49ers have been all year to finally reveal themselves in the divisional round because no other win was proof that we were actually a good football team. So the this game in particular what I've heard all week is everyone's pretty much pretty uh most people seem to be in favor most pundits are in favor of the 49ers you got some people saying that Aaron Rodgers is going to go off he's one man going against 11 guys that make up literally the best defense left in football and like the number two ranked defense like between number two and number eight all year the only time they went to number eight was when they were badly injured uh but generally when they were here they were they were right there at number two right behind New England so New England's gone this is the number one defense in the league right now. This is the number one defense left in the league. And the thing that I keep hearing 
from 49er Faithful, and I've reached out and talked to everybody, including yourself, including unofficial uh, third member of the, of the Gold Cast, Rudy Solis Jr., everyone, everybody I could talk to. And everyone said the same thing. The only thing that can get in the way of the 49ers winning is the 49ers. If they're cocky, if they come in arrogant, if they come in thinking this is just going to be a cakewalk, that is the thing. And then other people talking about, I've heard some silly pundits talking about, well, you know, Jimmy G collapsing. Has Jimmy G collapsed once? Has anyone seen Jimmy G collapse? I've seen Jimmy G throw some bad picks. He usually gives you about one bad pick a game. But as, And the stats after his interceptions are insane. I've never seen, I've not seen Jimmy G collapse. I do not believe Jimmy G is going to collapse. If he was going to collapse, he would have done it earlier. He hasn't done it. He's not going to do it this Sunday. So I, know I, he has, to, I know he has a short memory after those picks. That's for sure. Sure does. Sure doesn't seem to play like he, like someone who's, who's throwing picks. Absolutely. Here's the thing. Kyle Shanahan, and this is what no one's talking about. Kyle Shanahan has had this team so dialed in. This is a team that has played to their level every single game. They've treated every single opponent as if they were the New England Patriots. They've treated all comers as though they were the most dangerous team in the league, and they've given them that respect. Shanahan has these guys very dialed in, and that's something that that doesn't show up on a stat sheet, that doesn't show up anywhere. Uh, One of the things he said in his press conference is, we know it will be different. We know that that game got away from them early, and that's definitely not the team we're going to see this week. Everyone knows how good Green Bay is, how good their coaching staff is, how good their players are, how good their quarterback is. I don't think they've lost a game since then. So I think that game really holds zero relevance to what's going to happen this Sunday. He has these guys so dialed in. So dialed in. Uh, The message he had from them this week was, don't be that stupid. This is about Sunday's game. There's so many stories about what happens to teams. You know, I'm paraphrasing now. So many stories about... You know, teams coming back for the rematch and getting losing in the rematch after defeating them soundly in the first game. He said, this is the NFL. So no team, the game before, never matters like that. There are four teams left, and that's four very, very good teams. And it's going to be a hard game for all of us. And he said, also, our players, the type of guys they've been all year, I'm not concerned about that. They'll have to answer the question, you know, about having the rematch. But I don't think that will be a worry for our players, which means it won't be for me. So there you go. Shanahan has these guys dialed in. I'm really not that nervous. I We've all said it. Hey, the 49ers have to stay humble. They just have to stay humble. They have to stay humble when they're playing this game. But I'm not that worried about them. Nothing to me has shown them showed me that they're playing with any level of arrogance. They're playing with a tremendous amount of confidence. But they're so dialed in. They believe in their team. Our team's not perfect. No football team that ever wins the Super Bowl is perfect. None of them are. I've, I've never seen a perfect team Maybe the 89-49 or so. That was pretty close. 94-49ers too. Anyways, I'm getting lost. I'm losing, getting sidetracked here. But uh, so none of these teams are perfect. You're not wrong. Yeah, right? Not wrong. Uh, But they're so dialed in. I don't really see that becoming an issue. We have a healthy team. I believe we're going to have a tremendous Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers' defense is going to show up, but I think just overall, most of the time, most of the time, what we see from that team is they give you two, maybe three quarters of football, two for sure, but three and four quarters—that's that's a tall order for them. That's a lot tougher. Four Niners play five quarters of football and four. 
They 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 go for the throat and they do not give up and they fight till the end. And I expect that same thing to happen this Sunday against the Packers. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a hard-fought game. This game is going to give me heart palpitations. Uh, I do have uh, an ambulance EMTs on standby. All of their... Uh, uh, oh, God. The, the, how the hell do I say it? Oh, man. That thing that they pump you on the chest. I can't believe... I'm actually... I can't believe I don't I don't know. What is that damn thing they pump you in the chest with? What the hell is that uh, thing called? This is this is horrible. The electric thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know that electric heart pumper thing they use in the movies? <laughs> well, the guy, the EMT that I called, he's standing outside and there's two SF emblems on them so they can pump SF blood into my body Sam, golden gate bridge it has sprinkles of the golden gate bridge and the pyramid building inside the blood defibrillator so that when it goes into my defi- yeah i can never pronounce that how do i pronounce it defibrillator defibrillator yeah i don't know what you called me but i'm a little offended so uh, <laughs> uh so it it I, I believe this is going to be a hard-fought game, but I believe in this 49ers. I believe this team is dialed in. I believe Jimmy G is dialed in. And I don't want to say this all the way, but remember two years ago when the Houston Rockets were the best, the number one seed, and they went against the Warriors? And during that whole run, I kept saying, it's not their time. It's our time. It's the Warriors' time. Right now, in this moment, it feels like it's the 49ers' time. It's not your time, Green Bay. It's our time. It's our time down here. Yes. Goonies reference. <laughs> Go Goonies. It's just uh, about to say that. Right? It feels like it's our time. We are the most complete team left in football. We are the best team left in football. There I said it. I've been avoiding it all year, and I finally started to embrace it. We are the best team left in football. There is no doubt in my mind. We are the most complete team. We are better than the Packers. We are better than the Titans. We are better than the Chiefs. I'm not saying that all those teams, they do certain things better than us. They might have better a better quarterback here or there. They might have better wide receivers, faster, stronger wide receivers here and there. No one's debating any of that. We are the most complete team left in football. That is a fact. That is not my opinion. That is a fact. That's statistically proven. And I believe we will win this game on Sunday because this is our time. I'm not saying we're going to win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying the quest for six is done. We got two games, and I don't believe we lose on Sunday. Raymond, I want to hear your pick. Your Tell me your thoughts on this, and then I'll give you my pick, but I, I will spoil that. We win on Sunday. This goes down Exactly the way it happens, it goes down. And I have sat here and said the team's going to lose many games, haven't I? I've done that all season. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think uh, I think they're going to close the gap from the Week Twelve performance, and they're not going to they're not going to go down with just a single touchdown drive. I think that'll be different, just because they know us better this time around. So having having that one game under their belt eliminates the surprise element that a sophisticated offense brings to the table in addition to just a extremely sound defense because the defense is not I wouldn't say that the defense is not overtly com- complicated it's it's the same defense they fought they played last week in Seattle and by the way they barely got past that group 
So, but in order to win, they're going to have to get the ball out early, and Aaron Jones has to have a big game. And Aaron Jones is going to do some outside running, but this is a guy that's slower than Dalvin Cook. And we all saw what happened to Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook didn't even attempt the edges very much against us because that's our strength. Our sideline to sideline speed is designed to negate outside run zones games, runs like that. So I don't see Aaron Jones having success there. And he's better outside than he is inside, in my opinion, at least based on the tape I've seen. And he didn't necessarily, I mean, he had, he had a great game last week. But inside, I think the Niners are a little bit more susceptible inside. At least they, they've shown that. But that wasn't the case last week against Alvin Cook. They shut him down. And I just think that this is this is an even worse matchup than last week. Dalvin Cook's a was one of the top three running backs in the NFL. Aaron Jones was not in that category. The only category he did surpass everybody in was touchdowns, and a lot of that was short yardage touchdowns, not big gaping gashing runs like the ones that you know Lamar Jackson was rattling off or Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey. He wasn't that kind of guy. So I don't see that happening. And if they get the ball out early, which is another thing they need to employ, or, or no huddle, too. No huddle. You can't just do no huddle out of nowhere. you got to pick and choose your battles there. It's not something that you can just throw out there willy-nilly, and, and you can't run the whole game no huddle. So that's that's going to be, you know, you, they're going to pick and choose when that comes out because I'm, I'm expecting a no huddle offense drill to come out sooner or later, but it really probably probably not in the beginning. Probably something like, you know, crunch time, end of the first half, end of the game, if, if it comes to that, which I doubt. But if they try to get the ball out early, that's the problem, is we have the gold rush that is comprised of just four players, which means that we have seven in coverage, seven really good players in coverage. And I'm pretty sure, you know, my money, if I'm a betting man, I would say Emmanuel Mosley is going to get the start. But this this wide receiver group is even more limited than the group we faced last week. Jimmy Graham is a shell of himself, although he made big catches. He made a big third-down conversion in the beginning of the Seattle game, and he made a big, big third-down conversion at the end of the Seattle game to keep the drive going so they could kneel, kneel for the win and not give the ball back. However, he's still going to be... He does not have the same matchup luxury that he did last week. And again, he's going to... He had one catch the last time we faced him. He's, you know, there's something, he's going to be a non-factor in this game. I think Aaron Jones is going to get stuffed. The outside zone run can't match our speed. Inside was terrific last week. I expect that to continue this week. And getting the ball out early is you're rolling the dice. You're, you're rolling the dice against seven capable defenders that can knock the ball down or take the ball if if you're cuz you if you're trying to get it out early and there's pressure in your face that rhythm that rhythm's going to cause picks so i think the niners win this one too and i think they win something more like 35-17 wow so you still you still expect a a blowout just not as bad as the previous one yeah, so I think they put up a big, bigger fight, but I think the Niners pull away once again, most likely in the second half. I think the first half is going to be tight, but I think the second half is going to be much like the second half of this previous game. Because remember, in the first half, in the first half, Green Bay was playing well. And then Kyle Shanahan just 
and Robert Sala made some adjustments. And I don't think Sala made as many adjustments as Kyle Shanahan did because it was still what? It was 20 to like three or something like that. And then, or no, uh, they had, they got eight points. They got eight points in the third quarter and then it was eight to 23. And then after that, we scored 17 straight points. And that was because whatever they were doing defensively, Kyle Shanahan figured out and was able to exploit them. So if they do something similar this week that slows us down, you bet you, you can, you know, you can bet that Kyle Shanahan's going to figure a way because he's done it all season long. He's going to figure out a way to get around it because that's just what he does. He knows defense just as well as he knows offense. And again, this is a state of the art rushing attack with a state-of-the-art passing attack. There are two big things that happen with all that pre-snap motion and the shifting, and that's designed to expose a matchup advantage or to reveal a matchup advantage by pulling the defenders. Whoever goes with whoever's in motion, all of that is designed to create an advantage or reveal an advantage. And that's what's so difficult about playing a Kyle Shanahan offense like this because... You, you don't know who the ball's going to. It might be the same exact motion you saw in a previous game, but the first read is completely different, and the route is completely different. But the formation looks exactly the same. And the, or or, or it's, it's, a mirror, it's a mirror formation, but all the guys who motioned last time are now on the opposite side of where they were motioning in the, in the, on the previous play, on the previous play that looked just like that. So it's just it's just so complex. It's so difficult. And I just don't see Green Bay getting past that. I just don't. They, they don't have enough defensive weapons to figure it out. And they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle. I think they're going to come out firing on all cylinders because they've, they've got that that pressure and the confidence uh, of, of winning their last game and being in this fight and having that previous matchup that they had against us. And they don't want to get embarrassed like that again. So they're going to have that chip on the shoulder. But it's it's not enough to beat a team that's this locked in. It's just not. I just don't see the Niners don't strike me as a team that would because they, they haven't done this all year where they just kind of throw up a dud. The only time I would give I would say they kind of lost a step a little bit was the Atlanta game. That was it. And even that one, it took the la, it took the final second to win. It's not like we got convincingly beat, but we just kind of matched we matched an inferior opponent. Although although in their defense, Atlanta played much better in the second half than they did in the first half. But yeah, that's what I see. I see this two scores, two possessions or more. Green Bay, Green. This is this is just a bad matchup. This is just a really bad match. Just like the Vikings game. The Vikings game was a bad matchup. This is a bad matchup. I I've already said I do agree that the 49ers win. I think they win in convincing fashion. I am going to go a little more aggressive as far as Green Bay. I'm going to say 34-24 in favor of the 49ers. They lose by 10 but get a little points in garbage time. Kings and M, but 49ers do cover 7.5, I believe. No problem. Vegas is correct in this decision-making process. So there it is. That's what we think. Let's move quickly on. I just want to touch on the AFC game. We've got Titans and Chiefs. Okay, well, first of all, let's stop for a second. 
I'm as scared as I am, as nervous as the game makes me. I will say this: it's an honor that we're here. It's an honor. It is a privilege. And to, to for us to be in our 16th NFC Championship, when there are teams that have n- never been to a Super Bowl, never even been to a championship Sunday, for us to be in our 16th, Raymond, and for you and I to have been around for 14 of them is pretty incredible. And I just want to say... Absolutely, 125%. It's been, it is an honor. And it's awesome to see this again, especially with the way that this group has been put together. I just can't say enough nice things about John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, the way that they have kind of, they've, the synergy between them has been lockstep since day one. And even, even Jed York, Jed York has kind of just said, hey, I'm going to give you the finances to work this, to work this. They already had, you know, a deep wallet coming into this thing. And Jed York has largely been in the background, just supporting them and, and being, being a very humble and, you know, kind of a shadow, more of a shadow owner than, than a a front front line spotlight owner, like a Jerry Jones or something like that, which is kind of what he was doing in the beginning. And I think that was part of the growing pains of just learning how the position, how his position works. So that part has been really cool to watch. And now that it's all coming together and we're here at the, the final step before, you know, one more game to go to earn a trip to compete for the Lombardi trophy named after, you know, the famous coach of green Bay from the very beginning. But none of that history has any relevance or is going to create any mojo to support Green Bay this time around. And even Steve Young, if you guys haven't seen it, go check out the, it's on YouTube. I think it's under ESPN video. It's, I don't know if it's on ESPN, but Steve Young gave his take on the Niner game too. What did he say? I haven't seen it yet. He he said similar to what I just said. He said, if, if Green Bay, Green Bay's last six wins, he's like, if, if, if that's the effort they bring, into this NFC championship game, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. The the Niners are just too good. Niners are just too good. That's true. That's true. Wow. All right. Let's move on. I could sit and talk about this game from a million different angles, but I really want to hit on the Titans and Chiefs. It is Championship Sunday. It is playoff football. So you get our opinions about all the games. So here we go. AFC Championship game, Tennessee Titans versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Tennessee Titans have been on a roll. They have been the Cinderella story of the playoffs. If the 49ers are the Cinderella story of the season, Tennessee Titans are definitely the Cinderella story of the playoffs, defeating the New England Patriots, the number three seed. Then going into Baltimore, defeating the Baltimore Ravens, the number one team, the team that we thought was going to face the 49ers in the playoffs for the, in the Super Bowl for the rematch of 2012. That is done. That is now impossible. Now Tennessee stands in front of Kansas City, also a team they beat earlier in the season, but that really doesn't hold a lot. They have Kansas City at the same exact uh, spread. Seven and a half points in favor of Kansas City, minus one seven. The over under. That's an understatement. Yeah. The over under, 52.5. 52.5. Vegas clearly 
respecting the defense of Tennessee. Tennessee is averaging 25 points per game, including the playoffs. That's eighth in the NFL. They're surrendering 19.8 points per game, including the playoffs. That's eighth in the NFL. Kansas City is averaging 29.5 points per game, including the playoffs. Number three in the NFL, almost identical to the San Francisco 49ers. Kansas City surrendering 19.9 points per game, including the playoffs. That's number 11 in the NFL. If we were to compare that to the Niners, Kansas City, we are averaging 29.8. That's why we're number two. San Francisco surrendering 18.8 points per game, including the playoffs. That's fifth in the NFL. So San Francisco, Kansas City averaging almost the same. And then Tennessee, very similar to Green Bay. Green Bay is averaging 23.8, surrendering 19.8. Tennessee, 25, obviously a little bit more, but surrendering 19.8. Almost identical numbers, but very, very different teams. Tennessee obviously defeating Baltimore. Kansas City in that incredible comeback turns into a thumping 51-31 to at home in the AFC Divisional Round against the Houston Texans. Raymond, what do you see in this game? Who wins this game? Does Tennessee continue its Cinderella story and await, await the winner of the NFC Championship? Or is this Sunday... The day their luck runs out and Kansas City moves on for the first time in the Andy Reid era to the Super Bowl to face the winner of the Green Bay Packers and San Francisco 49ers. I think Kansas City is going to be this AFC representative. And it's not, it's not solely based on the 50-burger they put on the Houston Texans because their defense has been largely inconsistent and Tennessee has been extraordinarily consistent throughout these playoffs. They've been very sound. They've been very good. But I just don't see them. I just don't think they can keep up with the speed. And I don't, I don't think they can keep up. And I don't think they can stay disciplined as a result because of the speed of this wide receiver group. I mean, Kansas City has everyone's a blazer. Their slowest player is like a 4-3, still a 4-3, a 4-3-5, and I think it's Sammy Watkins. So I just think that's too much for that secondary to keep up. I think Derrick Henry is going to get his numbers. I just don't think it's going to be enough to keep Kansas City at bay because they strike so fast and they strike big every time they do. And again, you're going up against the best long ball thrower in football, and he does not he protects the the football better than any quarterback in my opinion i think he's he's the best long ball thrower and he's also the best at protecting the foot that's what's so amazing is not only is he the best and one of the most consistent long ball throwers but he protects the football despite making all of those crazy throws and tennessee i just don't think they have enough speed on defense you know i yeah Patrick Mahomes is not as mobile as some of the other mobile guys. Like he's not as mobile as like a Kyler Murray or a Lamar Jackson, but he's mobile enough to keep plays alive. If your defense is not going to take that into account and which we saw a lot of in against Houston, they, they forgot about, they forgot about that element of his game. 
I think if anything, if if you're if you're a Kansas City fan, you might want to just see Patrick Mahomes rein that in just a little bit because sometimes he does it prematurely, and that kind of stuff can get you into trouble. And we and I think some of that is what led to some of the injuries that knocked him out of two games earlier in the season. Some of that, not all of it. And so that that's what Patrick needs to do. And but he's only in his second year, so you know it's it's not like this is some, that's something. It's some there's more than enough time for him to clean up that part of his game. For but but for him to be in back to back AFC Championship games is just insane. I think it's a credit to not only his skill set but more so in Andy Reid's ability to really get the best out of that skill set and really take this offense to a level it had never been before. Not wasn't even close to this with Alex Smith, although Alex Smith saw a lot of success with this Kansas City offense. But Travis Kelsey's seen has really benefited from Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill has greatly benefited from Patrick Mahomes and Nicole Hardman, Damian Williams. Sammy Watkins, all these guys are benefiting from this offense right now. I think Tannehill, Tannehill's been playing good, but I, I think they they finally run out of steam. Derrick Henry doesn't go for 180 yards again, more like, you know, 100, 100 grindy yards, maybe 120 grindy yards, and that's not going to be enough. You need a 200 game, 200 yard performance from Derrick Henry to beat this Chiefs team, just like you needed nearly 200 yards to beat each team before that. So I say Kansas City wins. Something like 30 to 13, 33-13. I, 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 was, I, was thinking, I was thinking 35-14. That's what I was thinking <laughs> oh, nice. in favor of the Chiefs. Yeah, almost identical scores. I, I also agree. Wonderful Cinderella story. I just think the Chiefs, watching the Chiefs come back from the Texans, that, I, I, I don't like to get hyperbolic about these kinds of things, but that's the kind of thing that this team has never been able to do. And that's what they do, right? They drop by 24 in the first quarter against an inferior team. And you're like, oh, that's right. Andy Reid's the coach. Oh, that's right. I forgot. It's Kansas City. And before you know it, they're out. And we are looking at one of the best regular season teams. Once again, cough up in the spotlight, in the playoffs, in the most important moment. They cough up the game and they're out. But they didn't do that. They came back hard. And Patrick Mahomes was the reason for it. He was so aggressive. He played so well. He really was the reason. And so I am very impressed. And I believe this, I believe that was the turning point. Patrick Mahomes would not be denied. You saw him running up and down the sidelines, screaming at the players, pumped, never a single moment of doubt in his eyes that he couldn't turn this team around and take them to the promised land, to the AFC championship. And I don't think it stops here. I think he has a date with destiny in Miami with the Super Bowl. And hopefully, hopefully it's against the San Francisco 49ers. But we will see. You let us know. Goldcast Nation, what do you think? Once again, props to Andy Laird. Thank you for that message. Thank you. We appreciate it. We appreciate so much all of the Goldcast subscribers, all of our friends, everyone out there who reaches out to us. It's been a phenomenal season. This has been one of the busiest and most successful seasons the Goldcast has ever had. The numbers are through the roof, and we could not be more ecstatic. Tell a friend. Tell a friend about us. Do us a favor and let your friends know we do have a top 11 podcast coming out 
soon. It's being put together right now. There's a lot of a lot of little research that has to go into it, but it's being put together right now. But that is a very exciting thing. But yeah, the, the bigger the bigger we get, the more sponsors we get, and the more cool coupon opportunities you guys get. Yeah, well, we definitely we definitely have a lot in store. There's a lot of stuff we're putting together. Things will be expanding, and you're seeing the beginning of it with the sponsorship. That's just the beginning of where the Goldcast is going in 2020. Top 11 podcast, the beginning of where the Goldcast is going in 2020. So a lot more to come. Raymond, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Go 49ers. And most importantly, feels great, baby. (laughs) Feels great, baby. But my my shirt came in. I bought a yes. feels great baby shirt, and it it's I know the the one that George Kittle had was all black because it's supposed to mimic the the Bible verse shirts that have like a famous quote from like a history or like you know some of it's Bible, but also some of it is like from historians and philosophers and all that kind of you know all that kind of intellectual shit. But the uh, the one I got was is red to match the 49er colors so it's more appropriate in that in that regard so that's what i'm going to be wearing on sunday feels great baby so i hope you guys are all going to be wearing your gear show out and let's get this win let's get this win i'll be rocking the shanahan cap and my gold-blooded 49ers black tee because a reminds me of the gold cast and b because i'm gold-blooded baby let's go 49er Faithful, Goldcast Nation, what is your picks? Let us know in the comments, youtube.com slash thegoldcast. That is the best place to let us know what you're thinking. Who do you think is going to win? Also, shout outs to all of our boys, Irish Niner fan, Niner by Nation. I mean, there's, uh, uh, I'm so, uh, there are so many of you. It's awesome. It's really dope. It's super, super dope. Niner by nature. I'm sorry, not Niner by nation. Niner by nature. Niner naughty, by nature. Naughty. Well, it's, it's a it's a spin on naughty by nature. Yeah. It is. It's really good. It's really, <laughs> it is really good. good. It's, yeah, it's I want to see lots of predictions in the comments, guys. Shout out. Give your score prediction. I don't care if you are a Packers fan. I want to hear from you too. I want to hear from everybody. Let us know your thoughts on who wins, who will be the NFC representative, and by what score, and who will be the AFC representative, and by what score. That's right. Our boy Jabari Owens, always a, a big contributor. Gold Miner 49, another contributor. I mean, there's just the, the list goes on and on. But props to everyone. Our boy Johnny Dells, Candlestick Will, the, 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 uh, the uh, John, Candlestick Will, our third official host of the Gold Cast. He's with the fam. Johnny Dells, friend of the cast, huge yeah, friend Johnny of the cast. Dell. Johnny Dell, Johnny Dell, if you're listening, we need you on the next episode to talk oh, yeah. more 49ers. Yeah, yeah, you got to come back on. We want you. So this is a this is an open invitation for Johnny Dell. We need to see you at the after the AFC, NFC Championship. So I'll make sure that he listens to this episode. Um, all right, here we go. 49er faithful. Goldcast Nation. Two more games. This is the one, though. This is the one. This is the beast that we, if we win this game, 
I don't know if anyone could stop us, but this is the only game that matters. Let's go. Everyone gets fan up, get together one more time, baby. Fortnite the Faithful, let's go. We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Ramus Salisa First, baby. Feels great, Boom. baby. Just win. Let's go. This is, is the Goldcast.